Assalamu alaikum guys, welcome to another Fair Income episode. Today we had a very special guest, all-round legend and author, Naima bin Robert. What we discussed a little bit about was her early life, her conversion story. We also spoke about the importance of perspective and finding your purpose and meaning in life. And beyond that as well, we even touched on, you know, that topic of can men and women be friends and all the kind of stuff between men and women. So make sure you like and subscribe on the video. Don't forget to check out, I think Sister Naima said that she has an event coming up inshallah on the 30th, on the 29th, the 30th and the 1st inshallah. Make sure you check that out. Link's going to be in the description and yeah. Just to switch up, inshallah, just to talk a little bit about you, your early life, inshallah. Just so the audience gets to know you a little bit. I watched a video from nine years ago talking about your conversion story. (laughs) (laughs) And um, subhanAllah, um, I wanted you to touch a little bit on, for example, your life before before converting to Islam, growing up in a non-Muslim household and so forth. Yeah, nine years ago feels like a lifetime ago, um, to be fair. And... If I look back to the girl that I was, um, on the one hand, there's no way of knowing that she could have turned into who I am, right? Because that wasn't the path that she was on. So I grew up in Zimbabwe. My parents are South African and like refugees, actually. So they left South Africa because my dad's white and my mother's black. And at that time, it was illegal for them to be married. So they went to the UK due to the apartheid laws and stuff so they went to the UK I was born there and then we moved to Zimbabwe so I grew up there in a non-religious household Uh, my father was a Marxist atheist so you know we we laughed at people who were religious like because obviously Zimbabwe was a very Christian country yeah we used to laugh at them (laughs) we used to laugh when they had their you know religious studies and they went to scripture union and all of this type of thing um, but because of the fact that we had not really any <coughs> religious foundation in the home, partly, um, we were in the source, you mm. know. So we were raised by the R&B and the hip hop and the movies and the TV shows. So when I was a teenager, I guess I was kind of an it girl, you know, in the in the scene in Harare. You know, we thought we were very hot and yeah. we thought we were amazing. <laughs> and that was enough for me. You yep. know, that's what we all aspired to. That was what we knew. Um, and it was only when I went to university in the UK and ended up in the space with Muslims yep. that I started, you know, just literally, who are these people? Like, why are they different from me? Like, how come they do things differently? Yep. And it was only when I went to Egypt for a music festival, of all things, I was representing Zimbabwe mm. in a yeah. music festival in Ismailia, like a tr- folk music festival. So we were representing Zimbabwe. Okay. And subhanAllah, I tell the story in my book from my sister's lips of being in Egypt and seeing this big group of hijabis coming down the hill and me looking at them and saying, oh my God, what are they like? <laughs> like, you know, really not impressed at all. And yeah. I raged for like three days that, you know, this is oppression. Uh, why do they have to dress like that? Why do their men force them to wear that? Yeah. On and on and on. Because I was kind of like a, a Cosmo magazine feminist. Mm. Um, I didn't know much about true feminist theory, but if you read women's magazines, you pick up a version of feminism just like by osmosis, basically. Yeah. So I, I just thought this is unfair. They shouldn't have to do that. And it was when we went to one of our final performances and there was a woman there and her husband owned the venue and she was wearing a cream hijab, I remember. And she was she just had this smile on her face, she had this lovely aura to her. And for some reason, obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
I, I turned to her and I said, you are so beautiful. Why do you cover yourself? Mm. And she smiled this smile, this really serene smile. And she said, because I want to be judged for what I say and what I do, not what I look like. And that was just like, mic drop. Because I had never heard that idea before. What do you mean, cover yourself so that what you won't be judged you know but isn't that the point you know aren't you supposed to be beautiful and young etc so that you can get ahead in life so that really was a huge turning point for me because I started questioning mm. I started questioning everything that I knew everything I thought I knew everything I thought I wanted yeah. and that is what led me on my road to discovering Islam that journey from that time to my shahada was about six months. I was at oh, university wow. at this at this point, yep. and I went to Guinea. I went to Senegal uh, in search of uh, an authentic Muslim identity that I could embody as an African, mm-hmm. um, because in my head, Muslim you know Muslims were Arabs and Asians. Yeah. And I didn't want to become an Arab or Asian. I was quite happy and proud to be an African. So my friend said to me, well, you know that there are Muslims in Africa, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let me go and see what they do. And so I went there and started fasting with them. You know, they taught me how to pray. And then I took my shahada when I got back. And that was, that's the story of how I became Muslim, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. So this is this is what's killing me. Like the fact that not killing me, but it, 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 it just it's just amazing. That's the fact that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala put it in you to ask the question to the sister, and and we know we, we have these little bits and pieces in life where we don't realize it. But Subhanallah, God puts you on a path. Yep. I always remember this one story where me and my mate, <laughs> Subhanallah, I ended up becoming best friends with him. <laughs> he was a brother from the UK, but he came here just a wow. year before he had converted yeah. to Islam. Also, Subhanallah. <laughs> And um, we went to this random house in, and I hope these people don't watch this because it's a bit techy. <laughs> but um, we went to this random house in in the southeast, which is at least an hour and ten minutes from my house. Yeah. And I went there and I rocked up. I'm like, what am I doing here? Because they're doing some techy Crazy. things. Techy things. Some is this te- an Australian I know, term? This, What's is, a this is actually thing? more. This is a te- let's just say technically uh, unsound things. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> so Unsafe. Yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what, what am I doing here right now? You know, and subhanAllah, ended up walking in and Allah SWT is just kind of pushing me towards him. And I started speaking to him and I realized he had an accent on him and I'm like, oh, where are you from, brother, and whatever. And subhanAllah, like we ended up becoming very close. The brother's in Yemen now, subhanAllah, and he's wow. studying the deen. But I always remember that and I'm like, subhanAllah, how the way... And this is like at 8.30 p.m. at night, Mad. an hour and 10 minutes from my house. Mad. We're talking at least 100 kilometers from where I live. Uh, you know no, what I mean? No, no, no. So there's nothing <laughs> random. Nothing random. Nothing unplanned, yeah. if that makes sense. Even though for you, it's like it's a split-second decision. It's a phone call away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an invitation. It's uh, a phone call, whatever. An accident, you know. But that was what you needed in yeah. order to start walking down a different path. It's like it, you know, because I, you know, I write uh, novels as well, right? And mm-hmm. So in every novel and film, there is the hero's journey, and there's the ordinary world, which was your ordinary world before yeah. you went to this party. Then there's the inciting incident, that moment when everything shifts, yeah. when the protagonist was going one way, 
the incident took place and the protagonist takes a new direction and all of a sudden they're just on a completely new journey. Yeah, uh, so that was your, yeah, that right. was your t- his turning point, your yeah, turning yeah, yeah, point yeah, and that question was definitely nah, my turning I'd, point. I'd, I'd, I'd like every time we always speak about it, if we ever catch up or oh, whatever, it's like, but do you ever remember that? Man. And I always laugh about it because they're like, what were we both doing there? We're both from the same area. I think we live like 10, 20 minutes wow. apart. Really? Yeah, subhanAllah. So subhanAllah. It's not until we moved all that far or right. all that way, subhanAllah, where right. we actually met and became good friends. But yeah, I wanted to I want to touch on like what was the reaction from your parents? Mm. Because as you're telling me from a Marxist family from atheists very strongly, yeah. like you guys used to basically bag people who were Yeah. I know this is techie. I almost realized that I forgot she's from. A, she's from. I'm, s- I'm soaking it all in. Trust <laughs> me. Do you know what a bag means? I can guess yeah, from yeah, the context. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you guys are bagging obviously people who yeah. are of religious backgrounds and so on yeah. and so forth. How how did your mother and father take that? Well, I kept it a secret from my dad. My father and I were very close. We still are. Mashallah, may Allah guide him. If he's listening oh to this, he can just say Amin at the end. Oh um, but you know, so so I, I hid it from him mainly because I knew his hopes for me. Uh, and I didn't want to disappoint him. I was a daddy's girl, you know, and that is that was his reaction. Mm. When he heard that this is what I wanted to do, it was just heartbreak because he felt you will never be all that you could have been, if that makes sense. Oh, well. um, I was like a shining star at school. Like I said, I was an it girl outside of school, but in school I was like the head girl. I was, you know, public speaker. I, I did a lot, mashallah, in my She's school. captain. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not mashallah. games captain, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't do the games side, but all the cultural things. Yeah. Uh, I was there and I was, I was the leader. I was a leader, right? Yeah. Mashallah. And, you know, my dad saw a very bright future ahead for me. And when I became Muslim, his immediate thought was, that's the end of that. You know, so I, I sometimes reflect on this. And um, when we had our talks in Sydney and Melbourne, I, I said to the sisters and I said to the kids in the school we went to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always preparing you, right? And you don't know it mm. until it manifests. And then you look back and you're like, that's why, mm. you know, nothing's random. Everything is building into whatever is the next stage, whatever is the next chapter. So... My dad feeling at that point that it was done, I certainly had no idea mm. that I would be anything, anything, right? Not that I am anything, but whatever I am, I never expected to be it. Certainly I didn't come into Islam and expect to be giving da'wah. You know, I just made a decision or Allah guided me to, to accept something that was true to me. And it's only by his grace and his mercy that he's used the skills and the talents and the accomplishments from my past to be able to inshallah benefit me in the akhirah and so that's something really that my my father appreciates now that i'm still the same girl but just this is version 2.0 if that makes sense you know i still have all the things that i had then um but alhamdulillah and i and i thank allah for this because it's not from me at all allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me the opportunity to use those skills and talents, etc. Mm. I pray in his service, inshallah. Allah, man. So, yeah. Inshallah. Um, yeah, so like, this is a great segue to one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you, subhanAllah. And that was basically about finding exactly what you are, what, what your purpose is in this world, what it is the talent that Allah SWT gave you and maximizing that to the amount possible in order for you to benefit both this world and the next. So how would you, how would you suggest other people go about that i remember attending a halakha once and 
I still remember the place. I still remember who was there and everything. And uh, a brother called Abdurrahim Green, I don't know whether you've heard of him. He was one of the du'ad from back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was doing the halaqa and he said, establish something great for Islam. Establish something great for the sake of Allah. Mm. And it was very random, right? Because at this point I was newly married. I think I was expecting uh, my first child, mashallah. mashallah. And he said this random thing. And you know, when you're new on the deen, newly married, you know, about to become a mother, the last thing you're thinking of is establishing something great <laughs> for the deen. But, he, you know, and I hope that he's heard people telling him this because I, I have mentioned it several times. Yeah. Because that was a seed that was planted in my heart. And I'm grateful for the fact that throughout my childhood and my adolescence, I knew I had something. Maybe I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I had something because I had proven it in my environment. You know, I had won prizes. I had, you know, I had done stuff, you know. And when I heard that, establish something great for Islam, establish something great for the sake of Allah, it was almost like, Everything that I knew that I was that had been lying dormant, more or less, mm. it was like it had been awakened. So there was already fertile ground, and he planted this seed in, yeah. in, in that fertile ground. And after that, you know what it's like when you have an idea that you may want to do something, all of a sudden you start to see opportunities, you start to see ways in which you could do it. Your brain starts to scan the environment, right? To see, well, how can we make this a reality? How yeah. can we happen? make it happen? So, you know, for, for people out there, I mean, the long story short is that um, I started writing, started writing children's books initially. Then mm-hmm. I wrote From My Sister's Lips, which is a memoir. Then I wrote novels for teenagers, Muslim teenagers, started Sisters Magazine, uh, Alhamdulillah. And since then, so almost 30 books later, sure. travel the world, speaking, TV, all the rest of it, inshallah. You know, raising five children, Alhamdulillah. And what I would say to people is, first and foremost, believe that you have something special. That's where it starts. And, and if you don't have that, you might as well not have anything. You know, whether it doesn't matter how clever you are, how well read you are, you know, how 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 much of a of how fast you are, mm. you know, how creative you are, any of that, none of it matters unless you believe it. Mm. So the first thing is acknowledging it. And it's not from arrogance to acknowledge Allah's ni'mah. It's not from pride or, or or you know, kind of all these things that sometimes kind of get mixed in people for oh he thinks he's he thinks yeah. he's bad. No. This is literally a recognition of Allah's favor on you. And if you don't recognize Allah's favor, you will never be able to live up to the potential that he's created in you. So that's the first thing is, firstly, know and trust that you have something. Mm. Now, what that thing is, that's your work. That's what you have to discover. And when we were speaking to the, the especially high school kids, that's the time, right? When you are young, when you have your youth on your side, and especially before you have a ton of responsibilities, that's the time to discover what is it that I have and how can I grow it? How can I develop it? How can I stretch it? How can I become the best version of myself for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Just that question, spending time thinking about that question, taking yourself to account with that question, inshallah opens up avenues <coughs> of self-knowledge, yep. uh, of, of self-acknowledgement, and also ways in which you could improve. Yeah. That you could become a better version of yourself for the sake of Allah. 
so that the version of you from a year ago, five years ago, is nothing like the one now, you know, because yeah. you're constantly growing and developing for the sake of Allah. Mm-hmm. And again, why? Why should we do that? Because people who say, oh, you know, you know, life's hard enough, right? Yeah. Why do you have to push people? You know what? If you don't want to be pushed, <laughs> just sit down. It's fine because there will always be people who are ready to compete. Yeah. And then there will always be people who sit back and exactly. don't want to take part. Exactly. That's fine. But you get to choose which one you're going to be. Mm. No one can tell you you're not allowed to compete in the in for the akhirah. Who can tell you that? No one, of course. Yeah. Who can tell you you're not allowed to be the best version of yourself? No one can tell you that. So it's about literally taking back that power and saying, you know mm. what? If I make the decision that I'm going to improve, I'm going to evolve, I'm going to grow, I'm going to become the best version of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created in me, yeah. no one can stop you, inshallah. SubhanAllah. So. That, that reminds me of um, something that I heard from Sheikh Sajid when he came on the podcast uh, a couple months ago, subhanAllah. And he goes, when Muslims need to let go of this inferiority complex that we have, we have to understand 100%. that being humble and being confident, it, it, they, you know, like they don't mean like yeah. you're an arrogant person yeah. because you're confident in the abilities that Allah SWT yeah. has blessed you with. Yeah. And um, you feel like there's, there's going to be an unfulfilled potential there. And it's like... Allah SWT is going to end up asking you about that yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's because it's a, it's amana, right? Yeah. It's two things. It's amana and it's ni'mah, right? So you've been given something, uh, an ability, right? Uh, if Allah's given you wealth, for example, mm-hmm. it's amana. He's going to ask you, what did you do with it? If he's given you an amazing brain, yeah. for sure he's going to ask you what you did with it. If he's given you lots of free time, he's going to ask you what you did with it. Same yeah. with all of the talents and skills. But I have a hack for that, you see. Because I remember a young sister asking me like, oh, you know, auntie, like, you know, in her mind, I was famous, right? And so, so, so many people know you, da, da, and you've done all these things. How do you maintain like your sense of humility? Mm. And I said to her, it's nothing to do with me. Nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created me. So everything I have is from him. And every outcome is also from him. I am just a vessel. I'm just a means. Is it wasila in Arabic? I wouldn't have a clue. Okay. My apologies. I'm my just a means. My Arabic's bad. So. I'm just a means, <laughs> yeah. right? And what am I a means for? What are you a means for? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided that the people are going to have some khair, mm. and he decides that you're going to be the one, that he sends it through, yeah. where's the space for ego in that? True. You didn't deserve to be chosen. You didn't apply to be chosen. You didn't ask Allah, you maybe asked Allah to be chosen, but it's up to him at the end of the day, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for the Muslim, mashallah, even the Muslims who have achieved amazing things, that is for me one of the, um, one of the best things about this deen, is that you meet people yeah, who have achieved amazing things. And they're humble. Why? Mm. Because they know it's all from Allah. And in that knowing... You're humble because you know that at the end of the day, what you have is from Allah and the outcome is also from Allah because you don't have control. You cannot make things happen. This is the amazing thing that human beings feel we can make things happen. You can't because two people will put in the same amount of time to study, pay the same amount of money for tutors, whatever the case may be, but they can never guarantee an outcome. Cannot guarantee it because when you take the exam, uh, are you feeling good that day or not? It's not in your control. Uh, The questions on the exam paper, it's not in your control. Mm. How the examiner is feeling when they mark your paper, not in your control. Exactly. How the country did as a whole, so that it determines your mark, not un- it's not in your control. So 
for everybody who fears mm. who fears that whether it's ria or, or or any of these things of course we should be careful yeah. and we should be mindful but don't let that be an excuse for you to be mediocre yeah. because that's not the example that we have from the prophet sallam it's not the example we have from the salaf and it's not the example that we have from the muslims who have enabled us to live what we live today yeah. look at bukhari imam bukhari Right. Look at all of the scholars. Look at the inventors. Look at the scientists. Look at the architects, the the artists, the people who've made the Muslim world what it is today in a good sense. Mm-hmm. Humble people, but they knew that Allah had given them a gift. Exactly. And their job is to do the thing. Yeah. And if Allah subhanahu wa taala allows your work to be preserved, that's from Him. Because remember, exactly. think of the fuqaha, right? And we're having a bit of an ilmi conversation here. But when you look at, for example, schools of thought, mm-hmm. there were more than four schools of thought. There were always more than four schools of thought. But today, we only know the four. But there were many, many, many scholars who had their own schools of thought that did the work by Allah's qadr. We have the four schools of thought that have preserved, you know, being preserved to today. Same with the books of hadith. People think there's only Bukhari and Muslim, but you know that there's way more than that, right? But Allah chose that these are the ones that are going to be with us today. These are the ones that are going to survive. For whatever reason, Allah knows best. But the point is, we can't guarantee the outcome. So we shouldn't even try. What yeah. we should do is have the intention to be the very best that we can for the sake of Allah and have ihsan and aim high in all that we do so that we can be a means for other Muslims to be inspired, for other Muslims to believe that they can do it too, for other Muslims to feel proud, you know? It's mm. just like what you said, the Sheikh said, to let go of this inferiority complex. What were we holding on? What, why are we holding on yeah. to that? For what? Yeah, I feel like there's this, there's this culture of self, like putting yourself down and kind of like, because that, that's the image of humility. That's, that's mm. the image of being humble. Right. It's to go, you know what? I'm not all that. You know, what Allah SWT has given me is, you know, is inferior and that kind of stuff. You know can what you, I mean? Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, you hear what 100%. that is? That, yeah. That's, subhanAllah, Sister Layinka, <laughs> she said it. She said, if because we asked the sisters in the conference, like, who here has been blessed with a skill? And people had to put their hands up. And she said, those of you who did not put your hand up, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out and tell you what that is. You know what she said it was? Ingratitude. Because if you say, mm. "Oh, Allah Subhanahu wa hasn't given me much," like I'm just ordinary, what are you saying about Allah? It's true. Is that cool with you? Don't know about that, mate. Yeah, it's true. Don't know Allah. about that. No. <laughs> it's just an excuse at <laughs> no, the end of the day. That I'm thinking about it, yeah, you know? definitely, but. Like I can, I can. Um, this is me playing. I'm not gonna say devil's advocate because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't mess with the devil. But <laughs> leave him out of it. <laughs> leave him out of it. But like, there's people that like that genuinely have this behavior of self sabotage. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I do. like some people that ha- can acknowledge their blessings. They can see it. Yeah. But they have this ability, or oh sorry, this not this ability. They have this. Let, let's just say this. Um, this bad trait. This habit. Yeah. To kind of like self. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like yeah, and the thing is. Down. It's up to you, right? No one can force you to live up to your potential. Mm. But what you must never pretend is that you don't have a choice. Yeah. Because even not choosing is a choice. Do you know what I'm saying? It's true, yeah. Even not choosing and Definitely. just saying, I'm just going to sit here and just <laughs> wait for life to go by, you've made a choice. Made a choice. And that's okay. Yeah. You get to choose whatever you want mm. and live with the consequences of your choices. That's how, the, how life works, right? But then don't turn around and say, I didn't have a choice. Mm. 
it's not my fault. No, you chose it. Exactly. So live with it and be happy with that. That's it. No, you're right, hundred percent. Because you know when I think about it, it's like you know when people get into an argument, they're like, I'm not gonna let them. I'm not gonna let them uh, like get on my nerves and whatever it is. And then, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing things in front of them because I don't want them to. Okay, your inaction is still. It's a choice. Exactly. It's and a choice. You're, you're, you're making a decision. Exactly. Yeah. So um, and this this takes me back because uh, this was in art school in high school for me, and Subhanallah, this stuck to me to today. Just like um. Abdurrahim Green and this teacher wasn't even a Muslim subhanAllah yeah. and um, it's the effect of perspective I was in art class subhanAllah and you know you do the usual put the fruit platter in front of everybody and everybody has to sit around yes. in a circle and sketch yeah, what, what they, they see, see. Yeah. and that took me back and I was like what, what? Like, why is my painting so ugly in comparison to mm. the brother sitting right directly mm. in front of it mm. and she goes because this is a lesson for everyone in life that everybody, your perspective is going to change what you see in front of you, even 100%. though it's the same bowl of fruit. One hundred percent. I think one of the the missed uh, missed gifts, you know, that kids kind of you know, kids don't get in school is understanding the power of their own perception mm. and the power of their minds to shape their reality. Right. So, like you said, bowl of fruit everyone's the same bowl of fruit is there facts okay mm -hmm. it is a real thing it's tangible it's there but because everybody is in a different space and not only is everybody spatially different some are taller some are shorter yep. some have got a different perception in terms of color depth etc all of that stuff yep. right everybody's going to see it differently right mm -hmm. now if you're sitting at eye level right and you are seeing for example, maybe only the melon in the front, mm -hmm. right? So at eye level, you only see the melon in the front. What happens when you stand up and now you're looking down at it and you see there's a melon in front and there's an orange and an apple and a banana around it from the back, right? Yeah. You took a decision to change your state and change your perception. Yeah. And now oh. everything looks different, even though nothing's changed. And that's a really good um, metaphor for life, actually. Honestly. Because everybody, everybody wants to think. Everybody wants to toss the fruit off the table. There's only a melon there, bro. Like, what do yeah, you want? Yeah. <laughs> Even if people tell you, no, 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 there's, there's an orange, there's an apple, there's a banana. It's yeah. like, it's a melon, bro. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> it's like, what you need to realize, you have the power yeah. to stand up and see all the other fruit that's on the table, right? Yeah. And it's the same with life. And now, mashallah, because you didn't like melon, yeah, you were, you were vexed before <laughs> because you're like, there's only a melon. What am I going to do with that? But now you see, mashallah, there's more yeah. choice. There's more to eat. Now you're happy, right? Yes, yeah, fine. The situation did not change. It's yeah. still a melon in the front and apple, banana and orange behind it, right? Yes, yeah, fine. Same with your life. And we say this to sisters all the time. And I think it's something that everyone needs, men and women, to understand that it's not necessarily your life situations that need to change in order for you to feel better about them. Mm. It is your perception of those things, that situation, that relationship, that yeah. journey, that challenge, that trial. It's your perception. And the amazing thing about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that he's given us that ability mm. to change our perception. How mad is that? That's crazy. Yeah. Literally, we <laughs> can shift our perspective like that. But so few of us know the power that we have. It's literally a super superpower to just shift your perception of a thing. And the dean gives us all the tools. Yeah. All the tools. Uh, if we want reminders about, you know, uh, Allah will not burden a soul more than it can bear, it's there. 
in the al-usri yusra is there so many reminders that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us in order to get us to shift our perspective yeah. to change our perception of the world of the trial of whatever it is but we don't use it yeah. it's one of those lost superpowers but mashallah when That's people recognize that superpower and they start using it their whole life changes even though nothing's changed yeah for all up here for someone who's currently struggling with something as you were saying you want they want to do that they want to they want to take a step in the right direction how would you suggest that they do that to help them then like flip their perspective on what's currently going on in their life you know what subhanallah this the dean <laughs> i always say this this dunya is a test for everyone Mm. Right. Sometimes we think, oh, rich people have it easy. Yeah. White people have it easy. Non-Muslims have it easy. Celebrities have it easy. We think someone else has it easy and we are the ones being tested. Mm. But the reality is, if you look at hu the human story and the human experience is that it is one of good and bad and ease and difficulty and tr yeah. loss and gain and all of the things. Right. Uh, there's no one who will escape death, for example. No one will escape loss. Yep. Nobody will escape disappointment. All of these things, right? Uh, and human beings are human beings wherever you go. Yeah, so unfortunately. So, subhanAllah, you are going to deal with those negative traits of humanity everywhere. Um, so, the first thing is to realize that the deen, alhamdulillah, has given us the tools that we need to have a healthy perspective mm. about the life of this world, right? And the healthy perspective is not that I'm going to suffer my whole life and then get Jannah. That's not what we've been taught, yep. right? We've been taught that there will be trials. There will be hardship. This is a place of test and examination. So get ready. Yep. Okay, boot up. Okay, <laughs> this is your jihad, right, for exactly, right now. Yep. This is your assignment. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us all the spiritual mindset tools to be able to realize that this is from Allah. And if it's from Allah, then there's khair in it, right? That there's always mm. barakah in every situation. That the affair of the believer is beautiful, whether they are happy or sad. That every difficulty, there's ease. That with every trial in this life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward you for your patience, right? So many mindset tools to help you to realize that, firstly, you're not alone. Secondly, this is, you can get through this. Okay, there are others who've gone through this and more and they got through it and you can get through it inshallah, yeah. right? And just to never despair because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you, mm. you know? And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. Mm. So the question is, what is the lesson here? What could be great about this? What could Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be teaching me about in, in this moment, in this trial, in this difficulty? And how can I grow through this? Because subhanAllah, the reality is, I think it's human nature. We want ease. Yeah, 100%. Everybody wants life to be easy, easy street. But we all know instinctively that our best version is on the other side of the trials. Yep. Right? 100%. If you didn't go through hardship, you already know what kind of person you are. Okay? <laughs> SubhanAllah. Yep. Right? Entitled, spoilt, soft, weak, mm -hmm. you know, no empathy. Right, all of these things, right? Not able to communicate your needs. If you always were given everything that you wanted and you never had to suffer any kind of loss or disappointment or frustration or any negative emotion, yeah. what kind of a kid or kind of a human yeah. being would you be, right? Uh, insufferable, right? Nobody yeah. could stand to be near <laughs> you. But 100%. you look at the people who've been through loss, who've processed, 
people who have had to fight for things, yeah. people who've had to sacrifice, people who've learned things the hard way. What do you find on the yeah. other side of that? SubhanAllah. And it, it, it's not like you're talking from a place of not understanding that. And you're not, you know no. what I mean? I've, I've read that. Alayhamu, your husband had passed away and your mother as well, subhanAllah. And, and obviously you're not you're not talking from a place of like, you know, like oh, I haven't been through this, I'm no. just talking. You've you've dealt with it. There's nobody. There's literally I don't believe that there is anyone that you could find to come and sit in this chair who could honestly say, I've never been through a trial. Yeah. Never been through a test, never lost anything that I loved or that I cherished or that I valued. This is the sunnah of this life. Yeah. So on the other side of the trial, on the other side of these, is what is faith, mm-hmm. it's patience, it's resilience, it's wisdom, it's courage, it's survival skills, you know? These are the things that make us better people. This is the next version of yourself, you know, mm-hmm. version yeah. 2.0. Yeah. So embracing it, rather than being afraid of it, rather than trying to run away from it, which is never going to work, yeah. embracing it. SubhanAllah, I had this... Um, while I was doing the talk in in in, uh, in Melbourne, uh, I ended up going completely off the talk that I had prepared. Mm. Um, it happens sometimes. Yeah. It just in the moment it just went its own way. And I one of the things that I I offered to the sisters that I you know offer to your audience is every one of you has been chosen by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for the role that you are playing in your life, right? So it's like Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the casting director. Or he's the employer, mm-hmm. right? And he has a story, he has a job description, which is tailor-made for you. Mm-hmm. For you. So our job is to accept the assignment. Mm. And what does that look like? Accepting the assignment. Ya Rabb, if this is me, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Yeah. Because I know you chose this especially for me. And you didn't choose this especially for me to destroy me, to humiliate me, to make a fool of me. No. You chose this because you know that, inshallah, if I use the tools that you've given me, right, I'm going to come out of this a better person, closer to you, more in tune, more connected, closer, inshallah, to my ultimate goal, which is Jannah, inshallah. So accept the assignment. Yeah, and I think the most comforting thing is knowing that look whose hands our lives have been written in like it's god god <laughs> never makes mistakes nope. god's you know subhanallah is the all giving the most merciful you know what i mean you sit there and you go to yourself hang on a second what kind of arrogance do i have to think that my life has always been bad and so on and so forth and that allah's doing this specifically to hurt me subhanallah you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. because also like you said you know when you have when you're telling yourself a story like that, which is a particularly toxic story, mm. uh, if I can be frank, yeah. that, you know, Allah is always kind of, ne- has never been there for me. You know, he has been punishing me or he has abandoned me. Mm. That story, it will end up being your reality because that is the lens that you're using to see everything. Yeah. Right? So if a person believes Allah doesn't love me, Allah has abandoned me, Allah has forgotten me, right? Yeah. That's what you will live, Right. Everything that you see will be another reminder or a confirmation of that story. You yeah. See, see. Oh, you missed your train. You see, I told you. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. Your mum passes away from cancer. See, I told you. Yeah. I told you Allah doesn't love me. Allah doesn't have any good for me. And <laughs> for the other person whose lens is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is always in my favor and is planning 
is 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 giving me opportunities to become better, to worship and worship him at a higher level. Mm-hmm. That person when they miss the train, what they what's their what's the mindset? What's the Muslim mindset when you miss the train? SubhanAllah, that wasn't meant for me, you know? Thank you. Mm-hmm. And if you go further, it's maybe Allah wanted something different for me or he's keeping me from, you know, like yeah, an evil exactly. that was down on my way. Yeah. What could be awesome about this? What is Allah trying to teach me? Maybe it's just a test of patience, something simple like that. Exactly, and yeah. when that person's mother passes away from cancer, may Allah preserve all our parents. Oh, I mean, what does the believer say? They mm. look at the signs. I'm going to be patient through this trial. This is a reminder of the shortness of this life. You know, it's a reminder for me to make dua for my mother. This now becomes, this musibah becomes a source of khair for that person. Hmm. Becomes a reminder for that person only because they have a different lens. Because their lens is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is aware. Yeah. He is all aware. He is all seeing. He is all hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, he is ashakul. He is the appreciative. He is al-wadud, the loving. So that's the mindset that that person has, and that's their lens. And yeah. as a result, that's the life that they live. Mm. And why? Why do you think that is? Do you feel like that there's a disconnect from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's qualities and traits that people need to be yeah. reaffirmed or reconnected? For sure. To? For sure. Yeah. You know, this. This. Yeah. Do you Do you think that? Do you see I, that? I believe that. Yeah. I, I like. See, this is the thing. I don't want to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized I answered it when I said it. So subhanAllah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I'd love to like, I'd love to go into a little bit deeper into the, the whole perspective and lens thing and so on. But I know that at the end of it, it you just want people to show up. Am I correct? Yeah. I think it's a nice plug for her book, but <laughs> subhanAllah. I wanted to just, yeah, I, I wanted to, sh- I wanted you to develop on what showing up is. What does that look like? Mm. And, and, and how does that, you know what I mean? Personify yeah. in people's lives. It literally is what we've been talking about. It's accepting the assignment, you know, accepting the assignment on your life, right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you for the role that you play in all its facets. Yeah. So you as a son, you as a husband, you as a brother, you as a everything, everything, right? Mm-hmm. And the peculiarities of your situation as well, right? Because every single one of us, subhanAllah, entirely unique. Mm. Your cultural background, you know, the class of the family that you come from, the type of family that you come from, the characters, personalities and mm. all of that, that's unique to you. And because that situation is unique to you, there are unique demands on you. All these people. Except the assignment. Right? Mm. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put you in a place, for example, where you get to help people, showing up means accepting the assignment. I help people. I inspire people. I comfort people. Or I'm here to protect people. Showing up for that. Right? If I'm a mother and I have children, show up as a mother. The opposite of showing up is basically sleepwalking. Right? It's being on autopilot, mm. right? It's not taking your role seriously and also not taking a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment from those roles, right? So show up, my book was, you know, the subtitle is a, a motivational uh, message for Muslim women, right? Mm-hmm. And mashallah, a lot of sisters read it, but a lot of brothers have read it too and they get in touch and they say, you know, this was really useful for me as well. Yeah. And I don't know whether brothers suffer as much um, as, as, as many sisters can from the kind of autopilot thing. But the whole point of it is you've been given an assignment. Be intentional. Yep. Be present. Take satisfaction and fulfillment from fulfilling that role in the very best way that you can. That's how you show up. Yeah. Uh, 
see, I, I can tell you from first-hand experience, definitely men do experience this autopilot. And I don't know if it's a numbness to what's going on currently yeah. in the life or whatever mm. the stresses mm. are, subhanAllah. Mm. But there's something to it where it's like you don't want to be in it, but when it happens, you're like, oh, how do I take control? Yeah. How do I get back? How do I ground myself? And um, the one thing that I've noticed with myself, I can only speak for myself here, is when I hit autopilot, I just hope that autopilot doesn't happen in a time where I really need to be. Mm. Like, for example, when I'm traveling right. or when I'm in a place where I'm like, why you aren't I feeling? Present. Yeah, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. I was going to ask you, what kind of mechanisms do you use to, to kind of come f- come out of that situation? I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk, right, about, you know, sisters and sisters being involved in, like, personal development. And from the sisters' perspective, they think the brothers are not doing enough personal yeah. development <laughs> and stuff. But, you know, again... The deen gives all the answers, right? Mm. Because a lot of the advice in our, in Islam is gender neutral. It's believers. Oh, you who believe, mm. do this, right? And one of the things that I think is helpful, it's not, a, it's not a man, woman thing. It's just a believer thing. And that is to take yourself to account, right? Some people take that to mean I need to be hard on myself. I need to like check in and make sure I'm doing this and that. Yeah. Um, we as sisters, we don't necessarily respond very well to that approach. Maybe men do. I don't know. <laughs> but having a vision for yourself, right? How you want to be, who you want to be, mm. and regularly checking in. How am I doing? That's fair enough, right? That's not like a womanish thing to do or, no, a, or no, a man no. thing to do. It's just literally every one of us has been given roles to play and Definitely. its responsibilities. Definitely. Uh, and, and, and I think we all have, or many of us, most of us have, a vision for who we want to be, right, in this life. So you have probably in your mind a version of yourself that you rather like. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a version of you that is, I don't know, do you have some things that you would say like my ideal version or my best version of myself is maybe three things? What mm-hmm. would you say? No, I'll put you on the spot, but it's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best, but I feel like somebody who's a little more organized because okay. I'm notoriously a unorganized spontaneous person okay like i, I don't i don't I, I, at least in the past yeah. i find myself like i said in the southeast uh, one hour and ten minutes right. away from where i live yes, <laughs> yes. Right off for no reason yeah, yeah but um yeah so that would be one of them becoming more organized and becoming more disciplined is another one okay for sure yeah uh, someone who does things without asking questions right in regards to like um like my health mm-hmm. you know the dean and so yeah. on and so forth and then um i would say somebody who's you know, there for people, right? Which is something that I feel like I've been lacking recently, mm. especially for my family. Mm, you know, mm, mm, I feel like mm, I've mm. been the opposite of that, and probably taking more than I've been giving. So right, kind of right. Well, but those are probably three things. So everybody in the audience can see that accountability is not like it's not it all. It, it <laughs> it's funny when we were talking today. Uh, we were talking about how a sister was saying how you know men don't have any space to be vulnerable, right? Mm. And she was saying we need more spaces where men can be vulnerable, like women can be vulnerable. And um, Leinka and I both disagreed with that. She Leinka disagreed because she said, "Look, we don't want vulnerable men. Okay, we don't <laughs> want men who are weak. <laughs> we want men who are strong." But that was her perspective. Yeah. My perspective was maybe the word vulnerable is a little too triggering right now. Mm. Right? When I say vulnerable, I mean honest and open. Yeah. And I think we can all agree that being honest and open is healthier than being shut down and deceptive, right? Yeah. So if you can be honest and open, 
with yourself first and foremost and really take yourself to account to say all right dude what's happening mm. okay where am i at where do i want to be what is standing in the way of me getting there let me change one thing yeah one small thing right what's one thing i can do that will make a difference and get me closer to my outcome or what's one behavior that i can stop doing that will allow me to get to my outcome something that's standing in the way right now Definitely, right yeah. so that type of very simple no no psychobabble needed yeah. right no no like fancy yeah. course or like you know coaching program yeah, yeah, or anything 100%. literally just don't give up on yourself yeah. i think that's what i want to say you know yeah. don't give up on yourself don't give up on your relationships don't give up on your body on your health yeah. on your children on your home right on your life on your dean just don't give up on yourself because a lot of people that's autopilot right yeah autopilot is you've just given up you're just going with the flow yeah you're not improving you're not kind of checking in to see like am i am i doing okay like is everyone else okay you're not yeah. doing that you're just like just doing the thing just like clockwork right how regularly would you sorry like oh, before you um some people say weekly, weekly is good yeah. some people say monthly if you have like a buddy or you have like you know brothers or sisters around you who are like similar and have a similar mindset yeah. if you do yeah. which is a huge blessing by the yeah, way um i i it's so, it's so funny because you know people like to criticize muslims muslim communities and societies because we segregate right mm. um but every sister knows a sister's space is lit okay mm. We love not having brothers there. We absolutely <laughs> love women's only spaces. Yep. They're special to us and they're healing for us and they are they're life-giving yep. for for many many sisters when they can come like with the conferences that we had. It's so enriching for us, right? Mm. And people don't want men to have the same thing. Men are oh you guys, oh you know, <laughs> boys club, oh toxic and all of this kind of thing. But I know that healthy men's spaces and I don't mean healthy in my definition, I mean healthy in men's definition, is so powerful. Yeah. Because to have a brotherhood of men who are striving, to actually know brothers like that, mm. who are striving, and ideally in Dean and Dunya, because that helps, you know, because sometimes there's brothers who are striving in Dean, but the Dunya's like, <laughs> you know, it's not saying one, and, you know, which, you know, is, isn't ideal. Yeah. But the more of us make a decision to say, you know what, I want to be one of those men who is striving in Deen and Dunya, and I want to make, I think you guys call it suhba, like brotherhood yeah. with other men who are striving in Deen and Dunya, Definitely. right? And whether that Dunya is your money or your health or your, you know, your body or your, you know, like, you know, your, your activities or your yeah. family or whatever the case may be, that is powerful. Mm. And again, no one can take that from you. Yeah. No one can stop you doing that. One of the things that, I'm sorry, I'm going on a complete no. tangent here. But and I know I can talk oh, for, for I can really talk. You make my job easier. <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah. No, one of the things that I find very frustrating with the Muslim community, and it, we tend to do, it, especially in sort of Western countries, is this victim mentality. Mm. It's this victim mindset. The man, the system, the kuffar, the whatever, right? As if the man, the system, and all of those external things can change the decisions that you make about your life to that extent. So that's the reason why you're not a great husband. That's the reason why you don't pray on time. You know, that's the reason why you're an you know, unengaged dad. Like, no, that's just an excuse. You have the power to fix up on all those areas. Same with sisters. Sisters Definitely. love to play the victim game as well. Definitely. It's someone else's fault. 
it's her, my husband won't let me, oh, my dad or my aunties or the community and all of yeah. this kind of thing. But a lot of the things that you have the power to do yeah. that can change your life is with you. Mm. No one can take that from you. So I think going back to the not giving up, yeah. the more of us refuse to give up on moving forward with our lives, our iman, our ibadah, and our mu'amalat, just the stronger the community will be. It doesn't rely on funds. People say, oh, there's no money in the community. Oh, we need funding. (laughs) You know, oh, so much Islamophobia out there. Yeah, okay. And what? Exactly. Does that mean you can't do? Uh No, we have. We have. Alhamdulillah, Allah's Allah's earth is is, is wide and spacious. Uh You know, and mashallah, having spent some time in Australia, you know, you can see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed to take place here, yeah. what he has allowed to flourish here. Mm-hmm. So Muslims, because we have a Lord, Rabbul Alameen, mm. we should be the furthest from making excuses. We should really should be the furthest from making excuses because mm. we are on the haq. We're on the haq. We are living lives of khair, inshallah. You know, and we're living according to what the creator of the heavens and earth said we should live by. So... You know, yeah, there's no, there's no bad, no excuses, You're mate. Right, yeah, 100 out the door. We got, hey, if we don't get it here, we get it in the hereafter, inshallah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Just so don't give up. Don't give up, hundred um, percent. One thing that stuck with me, with, uh, what you just said then, was suhba. You know, mm-hmm. like creating an environment around you with brothers or sisters uh, that can kind of like have the same goal as you and kind of help you strive, and you guys push each other. And there's, there's obviously a common theme. I don't know why recently. Like on TikTok and stuff like that about people being loners and, you know, want to be on their own and stuff like that. You know, like mm. I did this all on my own. I'm self-made and uh, they feel like there's some sort of like essence to it. Mm. And then really, to be honest with you, you being born, you didn't do it on your own. First of all, <laughs> we want to start from. Can't do anything on your own. Nothing happens on your own. No. I would say like, do you do you have you sensed that kind of stuff can have a massively negative effect or a negative effect in general? Oh, it's the first life? time hearing about it. Um, but I would say uh, I have this uh, this hadith that I used to murder. Uh, I used to completely butcher it because yeah. the <laughs> I, I used to say shaitan eats the lone wolf, but that's not <laughs> what it says. <laughs> it's, it's the wolf eats the lone sheep, but yeah. it's a metaphor for shaitan attacks the person who's on their own. Yeah, right, and uh, with good reason, right? Because if you're alone with just your thoughts and whatever media you're consuming, mm. um. Yeah, it's a pretty dangerous place to be, you know. And certainly any Muslim who says, oh, I'm self-made or I did this all by myself, there's an aqidah issue there which we need to address, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't considered uh, a, a positive trait to distance yourself from the community, yeah. right? Uh, and, if, and, and, and you know what this is? This for me is it's just a manifestation of the individualism that we've soaked up from society. We're living in a time where people are encouraged to pursue their individual happiness. Mm. And that is the most important thing, right? It's the worship of desires and it's the worship of, of, of worldly happiness, worldly good times, right? Hedonism, right? Yeah. And I, I do think that as Muslims, we are not critical enough of the forces around us and the forces that are shaping us intellectual and otherwise um we think it doesn't affect us especially people in dawah we think well muslims mashallah they have quran and sunnah therefore 
But you and I both know that that's not, it's not that simple. Because most people, most Muslims are not imbibing Quran and Sunnah at anywhere near the rate that they are imbibing social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, um, videos on YouTube, etc. Just from the environment, right? Nowhere near, nowhere near the same amount. Mm -hmm. And look at how social media imprints on you. A few seconds here, a few seconds there. Repetition, 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 repetition. Yeah, you get addicted to the scroll. Yeah. To that dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine. You're literally addicted to ma'asi and you're addicted to falsehood, mm. right? And the thing is, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm immune. Because I know how addictive it can be, right? Yeah. Alhamdulillah, I had a social media account when Instagram first came out, when it was still about pictures. Yeah. Mashallah, back in the day, <laughs> the good old days. But you know, so so I so I and I and I've actively worked to keep my children off it as much as I can. But we as Muslims, we're sleeping on this. Yeah. We really, really are sleeping on this. And I want to say this: I don't know what your demographics are per se, but if there are any parents of young children who are watching this. I implore you, please do not give your children devices mm. for as long as you possibly can. Keep them off screens yep. and keep them off social media forever if you can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Like when they start fighting you at 17, a mom, all my friends have been on since they were eight <laughs> years old. Okay, maybe you can have a conversation. Yeah. Maybe you've had enough time to imprint them positively before you let them out into yeah. the wild, right? But what I see where people are giving their kids two-year-olds, giving them iPads, you know, giving them the phone to play with. You've seen that before at restaurants? Yeah. you guys have that oh here? Oh, my God. My, my niece. Oh, I'm no. sorry. Hey, I'm sorry because my older brother is going to get <laughs> But, yeah, like you've seen it. They can't eat without having to watch something or they it's can't. It's dreadful. Yeah, yeah. And, and these are the kind of things that, <sighs> I don't know, man. It just, it just makes me so sad because I just think we have, alhamdulillah, the deen and we have the aqidah. Yep. That inshallah is going to protect us and be idnillah get us jannah, right? Yep. But if we're not smart about what we accept from outside, yep. we will destroy our children and they'll still be Muslim, right? But their brains, their nervous systems, okay, their their what they love, what they crave, yeah. their 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 characters, their 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 tolerance levels, all these things that are being affected, yep. we've just let them open to that, yeah. you know. So I know it's hard, but yeah. you know, another thing that's come up as well is that nothing worth having is is had easily, mm-hmm. right? Nothing worth achieving is achieved with ease, right? And this is a reminder really for parents is that be strategic about what you accept mm-hmm. from the world and what you push away. And don't feel bad about pushing it away. Don't feel bad that your kids don't have iPads. Yeah. Why? Don't. In fact, shame the people in your family whose <laughs> kids are there watching. Don't you have a book for her? Yeah. Bring her, bring her here. Let me read to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Talk to the kids. Yeah. Talk to them. Read a book with them. When you go out to the doctor's surgery, right, and you know you're going to have to wait, pack a book for the kid. Some crayons and some paper. Definitely. Don't take the iPad. Don't give them your phone. There's mm. nothing good on there for them. And if people only read the science, I know yeah. I'm getting very passionate no, about no, this no, thing. No, no. If people on. only read the science, they would realize that you are taking what you think is an easy way out right now 
you're going to pay the price later on. Yes, you are going to pay the price. It's not a matter of halal and haram. Yeah. Literally, it's just, dude, it's not smart. Yeah. Okay? And all the people who invented these things, guess what? Their kids didn't they have, have smartphones. Yeah. They didn't have screens. They didn't allow them on social yeah. media. And it's like, <laughs> really? So you're just selling us all the drugs, but you guys are having yeah, organic chicken. Exactly, okay, yeah, I see. Exactly. Never mind. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, that, that one thing I think goes the social dilemma. Yep. That, that, that Netflix documentary, the way they go, oh, none, none of our kids no. have it. Nope. Because why? Because we understand what's going on because we're the ones that are giving you the... the People need to watch those documentaries because the thing is, this stuff is not hidden. Mm. It's not hidden. Not only is it, are there documentaries about it, but it's actually documented in studies, in reports. People write books about it yeah. saying exactly what we're talking about, yeah. which is that this stuff is built to, uh, to, addict, to, to get people addicted. And the goal is to get children addicted from younger and younger ages yeah. because they make money off it. 100%. And they, they make money off your child's attention exactly. and our attention. Yeah. Let's be frank here, okay? Yeah. Oh, some people don't say, oh, it's too much hard work. You know, like, give me my peace. Let me have my halal fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to pay for it later. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Every choice has a consequence. So 100%. you choose your hard, I guess. 100%. You choose your hard. Exactly. Subhanallah. It just, yeah, it just doesn't clock. It doesn't compute to me. Subhanallah, some people can, because I never had social media until 2019 my parents oh. didn't give me a phone until i was like 17 years old and even Mashallah. then i dropped in the ocean by accident Good for so them. yeah but it wasn't by choice my old man was like you're not getting another one because <laughs> not until you pay for it yourself yeah, yeah. but um and then and then i got it when i was 20 yeah and then I, I started doing social media and stuff like that at 21 and i was like what am i doing here yeah. you know what i mean I'm like, what is this place and then i realized everybody else is kind of stuck in this matrix yeah. everyone's like Oh, it's so normal. What when you went? Oh, why didn't you take a photo? I'm like, what do you mean? Why didn't I take a photo? I was I busy was, living. Oh yeah, exactly. Like it, it never, it never clocked to me. Like and then the big, like I started to fall into that kind of like that yeah. normality. It's taking a photo everywhere, putting it up, yeah. and then and then I got to myself. Hang on, this is a meme, man. This is cringy. I went, I deleted, the, I deleted all my accounts. I've been off for like three years now. Alhamdulillah. But um, this isn't me just trying to flex. Yeah. <laughs> but this is more kind of like me putting into perspective the, the, the difference between uh, yeah. like how hard it is if you're in the matrix as it is yeah. or somebody who's outside or has never been kind of like growing up with it. And I can only imagine what a two-year-old or a three-year-old who's just looking at their iPad the whole time is going to be like. It's really 21, sad. 20, it's really sad know? to think, SubhanAllah. It really, I... I I, I fear for the next generation of kids, you know, and I always laugh with my friends to say, you know what, when those grandchildren come round, yeah. because the kind of issues that your children are going to be dealing with yeah. when they raise their kids, mm. even for us, it's a lot. Even for us who are raising children now, it's tough on us. You know, we can see what's happening. It's hard to resist, etc. And the world is as it is and we all know what it's like. Yeah. But imagine now in 20 years time, what it's going to be like. Grandparents is going to be quiet. It's going to be like it's okay, it's okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> this is a Wi-Fi free zone. <laughs> Even we don't have six G or eight yeah. G. Nothing. It's <laughs> Wi-Fi free zone. God, we're Subhanallah. We're going to cook makhlube and we're just going to like you know like read books and make a fire and yeah. just like live a nice simple life and then you can take them back to your madness. Inshallah. Definitely, definitely. Subhanallah. But um, I think one like one thing that I'm taking from this myself is the fact that we need to stop denying what. You know what I mean? All, all these like these obvious things that are within us as human beings. Like for example, like a lot of people, 
and this is a topic I wanted to bring up with you, subhanAllah, was like, you know how they think men and women can be friends, and mm. it's all good, it's all normal, it's all natural, you know, you know, like, it, it's only bad if you think it's bad, and so on and so forth, and I'm like, you know you're created in a certain kind of way. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told you that there's certain pitfalls in your life yeah. that you're going to fall into if you go down this path. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, no matter, like, oh no, it's me, you know, subhanAllah, if I go somewhere with this one person by myself, it's okay. Because I've never been through it before, I've never done it before. Mm. I think my iman's good enough for me to put myself oh, in that wow. test. Mm. Yeah, subhanAllah. And I, you can hear it, even in the, yeah. in the, in the tone, it's very arrogant, subhanAllah. Yeah. It's kind of looking at, it's like, you don't even write shaitan like that, yeah? <laughs> subhanAllah. It's like, I can go shaitan, one-on-one with shaitan, I'm a win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to win, win that yeah. one. And okay. And this bloke's been here for how long, you know what I mean? <laughs> Practiced, right? Yeah. Seasoned, seasoned. Exactly, seasoned. He's not going to yeah. tell you on the spot, do it. He's going to yeah. say, hey, take your time, you know, do it once, do it twice, do it yeah. three times. Yeah. It's calm, you'll be all right. And then bang, he'll get you out of nowhere. Like the story of Barasisa, subhanAllah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that story so much. It's actually yeah. such a scary, <laughs> scary story. Subhanallah. I know. I know. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, like, in order for me, myself, to just, like, even beyond it just being about relations with, uh, between a male yeah. and a fem- female, to me, it's more like, don't lie to yourself yeah. in, in situations where you know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. It's a slippery slope in yeah. certain directions. And, um, yeah, I think the question here is, and this is, not out of controversy or anything. This is more so for myself and for people who need to hear this, can hear it. Can men and women be friends? Well, I think we all know what the dean says. Mm-hmm. You know, there's limits to everything. Uh, there's a reason for that. Um, there is a reason for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created men and women to be drawn to each other, right? For a very special reason, which is to continue mankind. Mm-hmm. So, you know... <laughs> This is kind of where the red pill stuff becomes interesting to me because women love to say that men and women can be friends. My s- daughters will say, it's fine if it's boy and da da da. And her brothers will say to her, uh, no. Mm-hmm. So I haven't heard many men say, oh no, it's fine. Men and women can be friends. But women love that idea, right? But most men, if you ask them, they'll say, no, there's always something. There's always something. Unless I'm not attracted to her whatsoever, right? There's n- like, like, ew. Yeah, in which case, fine, no problem. But what I've found is you often find that one has feelings that the other doesn't have. Mm. And for whatever reason, they can't, you know, express them, right? They've been friend-zoned. But the reality is when you've been friend-zoned, it's almost an indicator that you wanted something else in the first place, but you couldn't get that, so you settled to be the friend, right? Mm. That's not a healthy place to be for you as a man, as a guy, because girls tend to use boys in the friend zone for all sorts of things, yeah. right? Whether <laughs> it's a food D date or whether it's um, just attention, uh, you know, validation, uh, yeah. you know, kind of offloading their emotions, etc. What I find really sad, and you know, this is not really an Islamic conversation; it's just a thing, right? It's just life. Is the 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 guys who want to be friends with girls are the nice guys. Right, because you know the bad boys don't want to be friends. With no girl, right? Because yeah. they know what it's all about. <laughs> the nice boys, who who think they may be friends, I think a lot of them are also looking for something from that relationship. Right? Uh, it may not be what the bad boys looking for, but they are looking for validation. They are looking for acceptance. They are looking for acknowledgement. And a lot of the time, they're looking in the wrong places because mm. they're hoping that by being that guy, that she can trust 
she confides in, that she goes for dates, you know, just for burgers and hanging out by the beach, yeah. he's hoping that she will notice him. Mm. That eventually she'll see what a good guy he is and she'll be his, right? Mm -hmm. Am I wrong with this? No, I, I completely agree. I, I Like, I'll be honest with you. I think Steve Harvey said it best one time. Even if you've mm -hmm. seen that little mm -hmm. clip yeah, yeah, yeah. where he goes, he's just waiting for that door to open, even to creak a little bit and then... Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's not even like, yeah, I agree with you. And it's not even like, a, I, I'm not going to put it in a mercenary way, that he's like a, a wolf on the prowl. Yeah, yeah. Not even that necessarily. Some guys are like that. But yeah. the nice guy isn't like that. The nice guy is hoping that his niceness is going to win her heart. Mm. And unfortunately, very unfortunately, girls don't be like that. Mm -hmm. Because once a girl's put you in the friend zone, you're friend zone, mate. Yeah. And she does not see you like that anymore. Yeah. And she's not prepared to see you like that anymore. You will finish last. Yeah. So we had a show on uh, my YouTube uh, Candid Conversations podcast, mashallah. We had mm -hmm. people calling in. And it was, um, it was a, what do you bring to the table? That was the topic. Yeah. And we had a lot of brothers phoning in, mashallah, who we asked them, what do you bring to the table? And what are you hoping for? Or what do you expect your spouse to bring to the table? Do you know how many brothers called in? who had all the things, mashallah. They had their finances in order. They were on their deen. They were obviously stable individuals, mashallah. Yeah. And they've been struggling to get married for years. And you know what the audience said? It's too nice. Well. It's too nice. Nah, he's a bit soft. He's too nice. He's not a leader. <laughs> and I said to myself, subhanallah. Yeah. See, women sometimes, they say, we say we want one thing. Yeah. So men go do it. But in the end, <laughs> she goes for some the next thing completely, something completely, completely different, right? I think it's vice versa too. I'll be Potentially, honest. okay. I, talk to I, us I, about I that. I agree. Now, look, I think the one thing is now, like, like you hear a lot of brothers saying, "Oh, you know, I want the sister to be well covered and so on and so forth," and they're looking at anybody who looks like Kim Kardashian, for example. This is very true, and she, Subhanallah. She and in his head, like, he's know. thinking, "I want Kim Kardashian, but with the hijab." Uh -huh. right uh, yes i want the instagram model but yeah. fully covered uh -huh. only for me so this is the thing so so i i, I remember asking my co-host so these nice guys mashallah these good boys mm. what's it going to take for them to have the edge that they need to be in their masculine so that a woman can see this is someone i need to take seriously because that's what it is mm. right if a woman doesn't feel that she that you are the masculine to her feminine she doesn't take you seriously Right. And I think a lot of guys are in the friend zone, they don't take him seriously, oh, right? The yeah, girl says, yeah. you know, he's just there. He's like, oh, he's a number on the phone, exactly, right? Yeah. So he's not being taken seriously. And even if he's expressed an interest, she doesn't take him seriously. Mm. <sighs> it's just Ali, you know, come on. Yeah, you know, he's, he's homie. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's homie. Yeah. So he's not taken seriously. So, I, I, you know, I wondered, is he going to have to go through some kind of heartbreak in order to get the edge he needs mm. to be taken seriously? Yeah. I hope not, but my co-host said, yeah, that's what's yeah, going to take. That's what's going to take, 100%. Really? Oh. It's, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if you've ever seen, they, use, they usually always use Tupac as the example. Right. Have you ever seen that video? Of I haven't seen it. Don't call girls the B word, and he's such oh. a nice guy, he's got his hair combed, whatever it is, and then the next clip is him saying the B word, and, and he's, he's attacking women and stuff. Wow. I, don't put this video up, don't want to go look at it, but this is basically like right. everyone's talking about the transition from a guy who was a nice, guy, nice guy, and so on and so forth, and then one girl that he liked very much didn't like him Broke back, and so on and so yeah, forth, yeah. and then he goes through that whole transition. I think it's stupid, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I feel like the whole Oh, uh, I don't know how to say. It. I think it's cringy for people to be kind of like 
oh, I really want somebody's attention, so I'm going to have to like, you know, I really want to kind of like stick to them and make sure that one day they'll see me and yeah. like, bro, just move it doesn't on with work. your life. No, no, and it's a, so this is that the one-itis that they talk about, right? Yeah. It's the idea that a lot of men have from the environment, from Hollywood and everything, that there's that one girl. Yeah. That one special girl who's yeah, everything, right? And you, there'll never be another one like her. And it's it's actually really interesting to talk about relationships in a modern context mm. um, with the Hollywood and the Bollywood on one side and then the current kind of red pill, uh, Andrew Tate, whatever, on the other side, yeah. and then the dean, right? Yeah. Because if you look at the dean, a lot of the concepts that we think are true today, you know, the one, that's for you, the one, right? Mm. Capital T, capital O, uh, your soulmate, right? Your forever love. Yeah. These are concepts are not Islamic, right? They, 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 I, and someone please correct me if mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but yeah. I've never seen them mentioned in Quran or Hadith or anything, right? That there is one person for you and that that person is going to be your soulmate, it's going to fulfill all your needs. Like, it's not Islamic, right? Uh, this is I'm correct, telling you. Correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> yeah. but the Rasul, even though Khadija was the one for a bit, he did, Rasul, he did end up marrying again. He did. And not only did he end up marrying again, uh, <laughs> he, he married several women afterwards, mm. but Aisha was his favorite out of them, mm -hmm. right? So this idea that there is one man for one woman, and yeah. it's, I think it's maybe a Christian concept, but it's much more amplified with Hollywood and yeah, stuff. 100%. A lot of women believe these things. Yeah. A lot of us grew up with these things, right? So um, I think that that whole kind of one-itis and there's that one girl and that one girl is the special girl and there'll never be another girl like her. Mm -hmm. That is what makes men think that it's worth the journey. Yeah, definitely. It's worth the trying and the trying yeah. and the pursuing. And also, I'll tell you why. Because they get lied to in rom-coms. Oh, Jesus. All the romance Christ movies, <laughs> all the romance movies, yeah. how, how, how do they work? How do they work? Guy meets girl. Often, girl does not like guy. Yeah. Notice, right? Usually, girl does not like guy, mm -hmm. but he likes her. Yeah. Spends the whole movie pursuing her. She says, no, 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 for whatever reason. Then yeah. something happens. She sees him all of a sudden, and he wins the girl, right? Mm -hmm. But when you ask women in real life, who is that guy who's constantly calling you, texting you, doing stuff for you? Yeah. Uh, he's cringe. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's a, what are the, I can't remember the words that they use, but like, he's, it's icky, you know? So it's like, ugh. you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask if you got, if you had discussed the ick in the general. The ick, yeah. And so, so, so in movies, there's no ick. In yeah. movies, there's never an ick. Movies, there's a strong woman, usually a strong independent woman, doing <laughs> her thing, living her life, you know, securing the bag, yeah. doing all this stuff. And there's this guy who's besotted with her, right? If you knew that there was a man behaving like that with your sister in real life, I think you'd have some words for him, bro. Oh, definitely. I think you'd be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> she doesn't want you. Can't you see? <laughs> well, let's walk. <laughs> There's plenty more fish in the sea. Change your threshold of your house. Get out. Like, go and find, you know, go to where you're appreciated, 100%. right? Go to where somebody thinks that you're the best thing since sliced bread. Yep. Uh, and I, I know I get some flack for this, but I said to my sons, because, you know, we watch these things on YouTube, but they're always these relationship things, and they, they're yeah. for a laugh, but there's also sometimes learning in there, right? And I said to my sons, if you have to convince a woman and pursue her, but I don't want to. I want to not use the word pursue. I want to use the word convince. Right? Yeah. If you have to convince a sister, a woman, that you are 
a good option, that you're her best option, right? By jumping through hoops, by proving yourself, by buying her stuff, by telling her what she wants to hear, she's not the one for you. Mm. That's what I tell my sons. Why do I say that? Because she clearly does not see you as her best option, right? She thinks you're just one of many, or maybe you're okay, but maybe another better one is coming, yeah. right? You're on lay-by. Yeah, yeah. Right, you're on lay-by, and if yeah. you stick around in lay-by long enough, she may give you a chance. Yeah. Now, if you finally convince her to marry you, what is going to happen in that relationship? What's going to be the power dynamic yeah, in that relationship? I, yep. You've basically signed up for a life of her on a pedestal and you working overtime to please her. And sisters, unfortunately, hate it when I talk about this, right? Because this is the model we've been presented by society. Yep. A man's job is to please you. A man's job is to make sure you are happy. A man's job is to cater to you, etc. Yeah. And the reality is, certainly as far as the deen is concerned, it's actually the opposite. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet have taught us as women the importance of pleasing our husbands, of catering to our husbands, of looking after our husbands. Now, before anybody gets triggered... I'm not talking about, oh, ab abusive <laughs> men or toxic men or like, yeah. you know, like crazy situations. Yeah. But let's go back to, again, the source, right? Anyone who's read any of the books on marriage, etc., you know the hadith on the, the, the man's uh, position, the husband's position in the woman's life, right? Yep. So this whole idea that a man's role in life is to make you happy I believe is one of the things that causes a lot of the friction in marriages today yeah. because men don't want to do that. Like I don't want to have to jump through hoops and make sure you are always happy because I don't know how to make you happy. I'm doing all the things I'm working, I'm providing, I'm protecting, like I'm being nice to you, but it's still not enough. Yeah. Right. You now you're wanting date nights. Now you're wanting me to use words of affirmation, five love languages. You know, then you watched an episode of this, and now we have to do this. And and I and I feel for the sisters. I feel for women, because again, you're being sold a story, mm. right? You're being sold a story that this is what life should look like. Yeah. This is what marriage should look like. This is what relationships should look like. And we want the best, right? Mm. So we're like, that's the best. So I want to shoot for that. Yeah. But you're married to a man who didn't imbibe all of that. He's not watching the same things as you. He's not reading yeah. the same books as you. He's not a Gary Chapman fan, right? He can't read your mind either, yeah. And he can't read your mind, yeah. right? And what he knows is what Allah SWT is going to ask him about, which is, are you providing? Are you protecting? Are you looking after this woman? Are you being, you know, the, the Muslim that you should be, right? So for many, that's that one of the mismatches that we're finding today. You know, the brother, the man is happy to do what he's supposed to do. And she's like, yeah, do that. But do this, 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 and this, as this as well. Otherwise, mm. I won't be happy. And what I say to sisters is, because I, I, I know I've seen, you know, we hear about marriages that are literally on the rocks because of this, mm. right? Because of this mismatch in reality, between the reality and expectations, yeah. right? Because the bigger the gap, between reality and expectation, the more frustration there is. Mm. So what I say to women, especially today, especially modern Muslim women today, women, Muslim women living in the modern world, try to line your expectations with Allah's baseline, mm. right? It will help you 
you're not settling it's it's not a bad thing it's a very wise thing to do yep. because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's baseline is the correct baseline mm. that is the baseline okay he's a believer he treats you as he should treat a believer right which we already know mashallah is very well yep. okay yani in terms of respect in terms of communication all these things right he's doing his job as a husband and a father he's committed to you mm. he's present in this life with you he's building with you khalas yep. kida <laughs> no and i'm i'm, I'm sorry cuz sisters will get upset with me yeah. because there's so much more yeah but that's not a recipe for longevity because all that happens is the 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 wife convinces herself that he's not a good husband mm. because he doesn't do what so and so's husband does because he doesn't do what the people on you know social media do yeah. because he hasn't fulfilled all my fantasies and he hasn't made all my dreams come true this is not a good marriage yep we're not on the same page we've grown apart yeah you know we're on different wavelengths that's when you start to hear this kalam right yeah and all that will happen is eventually you will break the marriage because even if you cuz there's t- one of two things will happen you'll go on about it for so long yeah. that he'll say to you you know what if you're not happy just leave right or you'll go on about it so long in your own head that you'll s- convince yourself it's not right uh he's not the right one for me yeah maybe my soulmate is elsewhere i've actually heard sister saying that to me i'm married to a brother he's a good man mashallah you know he's devoted to my kids Mashallah he works and I'm at home I'm homeschooling the kids. Yeah. But he's not my soulmate. I want to leave because I believe my soulmate <laughs> is out there. Yeah. This is from shaitan wallah. This is from shaitan. Yeah, and it's so scary how shaitan can convince you this is my situation. Yeah. I'm married to a man who's wahish yani. Yeah. You know he's not like anything. Like he yeah. doesn't have a growth mindset. I get that all the time. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a gross mindset. Yeah. He's not ambitious enough for me. Sis, calm yourself down. Yeah. Calm yourself down. Yeah. It, and this is you know, when I on my marriage talks, we had an OG wives panel. Mm-hmm. And the OG wives had all been married for 20 years plus. And mashallah tabarakallah, these sisters were just giving the huck, the huck raw uncooked huck. Yeah. And one of the things was sis, if you want to learn five languages it's for delhi mm. could do it that's your journey yeah. that's your growth nothing to do with him if you want to start a business go for it if you want to study with tony robbins and musharraf mean <laughs> go do it but don't make that all of a sudden the measure of your marriage because yeah. that's got nothing to do with your marriage because you know the reality is subhanallah and i say this cuz i'm a sister so i can i get yeah. to say this stuff right <laughs> A lot of the personal growth that we do and these other things that we explore that are for our own personal mashallah fulfillment and accomplishment alhamdulillah mm-hmm. we have the the risk to do this alhamdulillah mm-hmm. if we're honest very few of those things actually make us better wives and mothers and i've noticed as well for those who are maybe more in the source right so they're not like pushing themselves with regards to halaqat and quran right which most sisters if they're in personal development they're not they they're doing other stuff right yeah. the growth that you're experiencing is not even necessarily making you a better muslim you may be more self-aware 
you may be a better communicator, you may have better confidence, you may be meditating. Lots of things, yeah. right? <laughs> but it doesn't always translate to you doing better at your primary roles. And this is where I I I I you know, Allah knows it's a reminder to myself first, but I invite sisters to be honest with themselves and don't believe the hype. Because mm. the hype right now is women can have it all and women should be out there and should be doing this, should be doing that. And, yep. you know, husband, eh, kids, eh, oh, a little bit more than husbands, but husbands, eh. mm. you know what I mean? It's like, that's not a priority. Yep. And if you ever utter, my husband is my priority, oh my God, like seriously. Yeah, you're enslaved, yeah. yeah. Right? I know what you're saying. 100%. You know, my children are my main priorities, okay. That's socially acceptable. But to say that my husband is the most important thing to me and if he's not happy, I'm not happy, off. Like what well, you've lost yourself, you mm. know. So all of the stuff that we that we've imbibed from the environment, yeah. we can't go through all of this today because mm. we have to end the podcast at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is something that I I even myself had not clocked yeah. until like last year. And as soon as I clocked it, I started seeing it everywhere in myself, in people around me, in sisters on social, you know, social media and stuff. So that's why I talk about it because. It's such a taboo topic. Yeah. It's such a confrontational topic. How dare you say sisters can't do? Yeah. No, sisters can do everything and anything. You, that's what we need. That's the messaging that we need. What we need is to be basing our lives on what Allah wants from us. Yeah. And he's made it very clear. Malish sisters and brothers <laughs> made it very clear. <laughs> the benchmarks, yeah. You got to change. That Allah's baseline. Yeah, Allah's yeah. baseline is not the same as Steven Spielberg or whoever recorded that movie that yes. you watched that day. You got to have a different, yeah, you got to have a different mindset, subhanAllah. And back again to changing your perspective. Yeah. And, um, yeah, subhanAllah, the one, the one statement that made me laugh the most about one of my mates who got married, I asked him, like, well, what's it like? Because he had been in a, in a relationship for a year. And he goes to me, bro, he goes, do you know how you are at home and you're bored? Mm. I go, yeah, he goes, imagine you're bored with someone next to you. Oh, no. As in, as in like, as in like, no, 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 not in a bad way. As in like, life doesn't See, change. See, there's my conditioning because <laughs> I just think that's terrible. <laughs> no, as in, that's as dreadful. In, as in like, as in like, you know, you have your normal day-to-day right. stuff and okay. so on and so forth. Nothing's like, oh, the, you know, like fireworks. What you think is going to be, okay, and, right. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm Aww. here and, and he's like, because it's, you are still the same person. Right. Except you're obviously like you're happy about okay. having somebody next okay, to you. Okay, alhamdulillah. Yeah, as but long as he's, he's happy, like you know what? Yeah. If he loves, if he likes it, I love it. No, no, alhamdulillah. He's, yeah, he's, he's the type of guy sit there watch the cricket for fifteen hours. He doesn't care. Oh, yeah, his yeah. woman must be so mad. She oh. must be so like, can't we do something? <laughs> like, you he know. takes it out occasionally, but then she oh gives my it to she's like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> he's like, keep your ball on. <laughs> alhamdulillah. Now, um, I guess. I, there'll be nothing left for us to speak about alhamdulillah because I feel like we've covered pretty much everything that I wanted to cover at least there's um, I'll open up the opportunity for you to maybe leave a statement inshallah whatever you'd like to put across to the audience and um, but this will be after this one thing that I need from you I need you pretend now you see younger Naima mm. and she's sitting there Naima bent Robert <laughs> so now she's sitting there in front of you she's 18 or what is the one piece of advice you'd give her That's a tough one, subhanAllah. That's a tough one. I think about her. She was crazy. Um, but she was just around the corner of getting onto a path, you know. So I would just say to her that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like, don't be afraid of change. 
Don't be afraid of embracing something new. Don't be afraid of letting go um, because it's going to be okay in the end. Um, I've been there, so I know. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. You see the whole fruit bowl now. Exactly. So I yeah. stood up. I saw the... <laughs> The fruits behind the melon, exactly. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. that's awesome. I will open up this last uh, this last segment of the podcast for you to let people know something or something that you think people should know about, subhanAllah, or one piece of advice you'd give to the people. I think what I would say is it's really easy to get gassed, right? Listening to podcasts, listening to talks, and you know, you get high, you get like a dopamine, and then you move on. And I think that, I don't think that it's uh, arrogant to say that I think we shared some some really, really powerful stuff today. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. And um, so my parting words would be, listen to the podcast again. You know, maybe this time you listened to it, you were doing something else, you know, you were like driving or running or doing whatever you were doing. Take, give yourself a chance to listen to it again and take notes. Mm. Um, because there'll be something, inshallah, in this conversation that was meant for you. Right, because out of how many billion people you're listening to this podcast, so that means Allah Subhanahu wa Taala chose you to hear this. What is the message? Mm. What is it that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wants you to take from this? Try to capture that, capture it, make it yours, and live it. Yep. You know, allow this podcast to be a source of benefit for you, and so that, mashallah, like in a year's time, you write in the comments and say. I heard this a year ago. <laughs> this is where I was. And now look at me, mashallah. I didn't give up on myself. You know, I, I, I leaned into the difficult stuff. I, I chose to take control of my mindset. You know, here I am today. X, Y, Z. That's what we want to see, inshallah. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a great way to cap off the podcast. So um, I'll do my usual thing and ask people to please like, comment and subscribe. I'm going to leave all of Sister Naima's links in the, in the, in the, in the description, inshallah. And yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. I'll be honest with you. One of the best podcasts I've had, alhamdulillah. I'm sure he says and that to um, every single no. person that comes on this chair. But alhamdulillah, no. we accept, we receive, alhamdulillah. I actually, I actually think I haven't said that to anyone else, but that's... <laughs> listen, they're coming to... <laughs> I have to do that from now on, subhanAllah. But no, jazakallah khairan. Thank you very much for coming on. Wallahi, it was a You're pleasure. Welcome. And yeah, make sure you check out all of Sister Naima's work. And her, I'm being serious, her channel is amazing. Like, as a brother watching something from some from something from a channel that wasn't really meant for me myself, it opened my eyes up to a lot of things and Jazakallah Khairan for sharing your knowledge and may Allah SWT reward you for everything that you do. <laughs>